Okay. Welcome. My name is Dan Smith, and today we are going to talk with Colin Saxton. Colin is the Advancement Director and Director of North American Ministries for Friends United Meeting, or FUM. Good morning, Colin, and thank you for joining me. Good morning, Dan. It's great to be here. Now, for those of us that may not be fully acquainted with the Quaker tradition, um, how did Quakerism get started? Well, if you think about church history, you'll remember back with the Protestant Reformation in the early 1500s, Martin Luther. And then there was another Reformation of a, what's called the Radical Reformation with the Anabaptists in, later in the 1500s. Well, that Reformation moves over from Germany and Switzerland and Austria, those kinds of places, to England in about the mid-1650s, or around 1650, when there was all kinds of religious turmoil and social problems going on. And there was an opportunity where, where there was this religious hunger that was happening. And a whole bunch of groups sprang up to try to um, think about what does it mean to faithfully follow Christ? One of those groups eventually became the Quakers. And it launched with a fellow named George Fox, who was had this intense longing to, to really know God, to really know Christ and to be faithful. And Along the way, after asking all different kinds of people how he might satisfy that spiritual longing, he heard this voice that says, there's one who can speak to our condition, even Christ Jesus. And that revolutionized his life, and it began this movement from this spiritual quest to this, this place of finding this deep peace and meaningful relationship with God. Um, he drew a whole bunch of other people in as followers, and it launched this movement that eventually spread all across Europe and eventually to the U.S. and then over the last 300 years to places like East Africa, where now the largest group of Quakers actually exist. Huh. Now, I know that when I, what little that I know about the Quaker tradition, I obviously um, will associate it with Pennsylvania, uh, per se. Um, so how, how, how did it get um, how, how is it, are you organized in the United States or how did, how did it become to grow uh, w within our country then? Right. Some people would say Quakers aren't very organized and so that may be a problem, but, but when, they, when, they, when they came to the U.S., um, you know, they, they were very involved in Pennsylvania and setting up what they hoped was sort of a model society. And um, that, that grew and as people began a, a southern and westward expansion, they moved you know, south to places like North Carolina. And then, of course, the country had all different issues with um, with slavery and, and mm. the friends there began to, uh, to not at all feel comfortable with what was going on related to, to slavery and the slave trade. And so began to move north to Indiana. And actually for a long time, the largest group of Quakers in the world actually existed in that east southeast part of Indiana. So Richmond, which is what the office, the headquarters of FUM was a real hub for the growth of, of the Friends Movement. It continued to move uh, west to places like Iowa and then on to where I live out here in Oregon. So, so that's how Friends sort of moved around the country. In terms of how we're organized though, uh, local congregations are fairly autonomous. Uh, they, you know, their focus is around the sense that Jesus is actually the leader of our congregation, that we pay attention to what the Holy Spirit is trying to say to us. And we are a group of fellow ministers gathered in that congregation to seek the will of Christ and to live it out faithfully in our community. And so some congregations will have pastors and others will not. 
Uh, some, some congregations will meet in silence and the ministry and the worship will arise out of that silence. Other Quaker congregations will have music and preaching and what would look more typical in a, a more Protestant um, tradition. Local meetings are joined in these regional groups. Uh, we're not very creative with our nomenclature sometimes, so we call those regional groups yearly meetings because we meet yearly and we do business together and think about how it is that we can do more together than we might by ourselves. And those yearly meetings then are organized within a, a larger umbrella organization like Friends United Meeting, which is a collection of nearly 40 regional groups or yearly meetings spread all around the world, hundreds and hundreds of local churches and meetings and depending on who's counting, uh, hundreds of thousands of individuals who are part of the Friends United Meeting community. Okay. So probably my first exposure living in a neighborhood where there might be a, uh, a group of Quakers, uh, I would experience that in a, a monthly meeting, uh, which correct. even though that's called a monthly meeting, they still might meet more than once a month, may, maybe once a week or um, more like what a traditional church church might be. Um, right. And then collectively, uh, a yearly meeting. I know I go to the one that's in down in Oskaloosa, and boy, man, is that ever fun to just kind of, it has that family reunion feel, which is really kind of fun. That's one of the things I appreciate about the Quaker Church is that it's much more relational than it is theological. Not that theology isn't important, uh, but it's just as important that we uh, we live together as brothers and sisters in Christ as it is that we we understand truth and that we stand for truth, which is really kind of fun. So... You're now uh, Friends United meeting, so I'm assuming then that you work on a on a bigger scale. What what are some of the things, or what are some of the roles that that Friends United meeting plays, uh, as it has to do with the monthly meeting, the yearly meeting, uh, individuals? Yeah, so so Friends United meeting is this is this global community of, as I said, forty yearly meetings, hundreds of churches, and, and hundreds of thousands of individuals. And I like to say that the work of FUM is to energize, equip, and connect the global community of friends. That's, that's the work we do. We work in partnerships with those yearly meetings, like you mentioned, the one that has its home base in Oskaloosa. And we do, we do it in four primary areas. We focus on leadership development, um, yeah. trying to develop pastoral leaders, uh, what other traditions would call lay leaders, maybe, um, clerks, treasurers, those sorts of things. We provide leadership training through education. So we, we, op, we offer a wide variety of schools around the world, places like in the West Bank, in, uh, in, in uh, Palestine, uh, very involved in education in East Africa. Uh, we do, um, we run a school in Belize. That's that is mm. a, a unique and in, in, interesting project as well. So leadership development is, is really crucial. Um, we do global partnerships, how it is that we connect the wider family of friends in a, in a mutual community where we, we learn from one another and support one another, share our gifts and resources with each other so that we can develop that sense of larger family, a global family that's working together that I think is especially crucial in a, in a world that's so divided on so many levels. What's, what's the importance of a witness of a global group of people who actually work together in harmony mm. and love? I think it's a tremendously important witness. And so our board is structured uh, around a global entity. We're not just a North American ministry that does stuff in other places around the world, but we are we really are a collection of, of equals around the globe trying to discern what God is calling us to do. So leadership development, global partnerships, we do communication. We have a, a publishing company, a bookstore. Uh, we send out weekly news to all of our constituents that are interested to 
update them of how God is at work through us in a wide variety of ways. Um, we have a website that I think your viewers are going to be able to click on if they're interested. And then the last work we do is really around holistic evangelism. Um, how is it that we proclaim and demonstrate the gospel? It both sharing the message, but also embodying that message so that people can can experience the love of God in really practical and tangible ways. Mm. So we invite individuals to be involved in those kinds of ministries. You can go and do service trips. Um, you can be involved as a donor. You can read up on what's going on, uh, serve on a committee or a board, those kinds of things. We invite our monthly meetings or churches to be involved in, again, participating in, in actual hands-on work or maybe sponsoring a project. And then with, uh, with, with yearly meetings, um, we find ways to, to think about how do we serve and resource the local church sure. churches in their area. Yeah. Isolation can really be a very um, destructive thing. And it sounds to me like probably one of the most significant things that you do is that you help expand people's understanding, expand people's partnerships, expand people's resources, where um, in me talking with my, my pastor or one of my elders at the, at the church, he said, ah, who was that at the yearly meeting that we had said that? And so the, you called the, the local superintendent at the yearly meeting, and they said, oh, yeah, I know who that is. That's so-and-so over in Belize. And the next mm -hmm. thing you know, what I started out as a simple question ends up being answered halfway around the world. Um, you know, that kind of uh, uh, global communication, that kind of global network really can be pretty awesome, as well as the other way around. Uh, I can end up being a resource for somebody that's uh, halfway around the world, too. That's kind of exciting, actually, when you think about it, that, that God could prepare me to actually help somebody that I've never met that's, uh, that's halfway, around, uh, halfway around the world. It's pretty exciting. Mm -hmm. So leadership, education, um, global partnerships, communication, a holistic evangelism, and then, of course, the opportunity with service trips. Um, these can't uh, just happen on their own. So there's got to be some sort of funding that's going on to help make this happen. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about how FUM is funded then. Right. So we are primarily funded in, in three ways. And we also have some income generation, like through our bookstore and those kinds of things. But, um, but yearly meetings support us through their collective. They raise money that supports the larger um, entity, Friends United Meeting. Uh, local churches wind up providing support to us because they feel a deep sense of connection and resource. And one thing I'll add to this idea of, of um, how we relate to congregations is that part of when I've, I've just come back to work for FUM in the last two years to oversee what we do in North America. And we recognize that in many ways, the church in North America is the mission field. Mm. And we're struggling. We're in decline like many denominations. And I think we're struggling to find ways to reach out in meaningful ways to our communities, to know how it is we share our faith in a way that connects with the spiritual hunger and sense of hopelessness, um, isolation that many people are feeling. And so my work has been to, to redevelop the sort of strategies and programs that we offer to North American churches and to work in partnership with our yearly meeting um, to develop flourishing, vital local congregations to make sure that leaders are in place. Well, churches who feel the benefit often want to support us that way. And so we, we get a, 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 we're well supported by our local congregations. We really appreciate that, as well as supporting some of the things we're doing globally. And then, of course, for, in, for individuals as well, we, we invite people to make regular gifts, uh, monthly commitments, pledges to specific projects that we do. Um, we ask people to consider bequest gifts or planned gifts. Um, leaving a legacy and a commitment to encouraging the, the long-term vitality and sustainability of friends work around the world. Sure. As a, a fundraiser myself through the foundation from uh, Corkadale, 
I am surprised at how many tools are out there now for people in the United States that if you learned about them, but even as early as time as 18, we graduated from high school and could begin to put a plan together to help somebody put a plan. It is amazing what you can do with five bucks a week. Um, by the time you reach my age, it's 64. Uh, <laughs> you know, so I, 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 I th this is just a little side thing. Hey guys, contact Colin if you really want to make a massive difference. Uh, he, I know you have a partnership with Everance, which is also a fantastic uh, entity that helps out with, with plan giving and stuff. But I mean, the tools that are there are amazing. Um, and I can't wait to see what, what God's going to do in, in uh, 20 years if he lets me uh, stay here that long uh, <laughs> with those kind of things. So if I wanted to uh, learn more about some of the things that you offer or uh, if I wanted to uh, just just connect with you, um, is it okay that I, I may not may necessarily be in one of the Quaker churches? I mean, is it okay f for those that are, are in, in other traditions to reach out to you also just to tap into what you're doing? Absolutely. We welcome that. We very much want to work with all kinds of people to extend God's kingdom and to increase the work that's able to happen around the world. So check out our website. You can contact me to sign up for weekly e-news that again provides updates or or get in touch with me. We're really happy to come and do workshops for local churches or yearly meetings around a wide variety of topics. Well, that is really awesome, uh, Nicole. I really just want to thank you for your time. Uh, if you guys are interested in learning more, uh, you can see contact information on the screen here, but also feel free to go into the description of this recording or this podcast. And there are links there that can help you uh, connect with Colin as well as, as, as our foundation. So, uh, Colin, thank you so much for being a guest today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for joining me today. Uh, so until next time, let's get out there and serve as Christ serves.